millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This week in league, the fat touchy is disciplined because his ego is a touch fat. Move over Dorgerson as the Dragons look to unleash the next NRL bromance sensation, Cardigan. Don't blink as the rugby league equivalent of Halley's Comet returns this week as Cat's hair clocks on for his five minutes of footy for 2013. And we'll preview round six of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 115 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, uh, what are we talk about this week? Um, the challenge remains unclaimed. That is the uh, hash fuck off Tom challenge. Get get a banner or a, you know, a placard or a sign or you know, something of that nature. And uh, we'll see, um, you know, no one's, no one's claimed it. And just the reason why I brought it up again is because... Uh, Brian uh, at underscore fluffyfish underscore, who of course um, is a manly fan, and that, sponsored the timepiece uh, last week. Sponsored the timepiece last week, and also um, you know claimed that he didn't think that we'd remember meeting him at the 2011 grand final because we were too blind. No, no, I'm always that stupid. Oh, yeah, Stone we had, sober. Yeah, Stone, Stone really. Cold sober after about 15 <laughs> bourbons. <laughs> that bus ride, I was in a state of bewilderment. That bus ride and because uh, you were you were spastic drunk, we well not spastic, but you know. Yeah, I was in. I was charged. Yeah, and we we're just singing Eagle Rock over and over for an hour and a half. Yeah. Long I was in a trance-like state <laughs> until such times I had to go and take a piss on someone's back fence. Yeah, which that I took a picture of and posted on Twitter. That's right. <laughs> then I bought chocolate and had another drink, and I was all good. Oh, and then you gave me caramel koala. Koala, that was awesome. Yes, good times. I'm a good. I'm a good friend. I mean, that would have been the top memory of the of the day, except for the fact Manly went in the grand final. <laughs> it was my, that, that uh, I, I think I partook in a uh, Freddo Frog, and that was the highlight of my day. Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, um, Brian has come, uh, he's, he sent us a tweet and said, Tom is on to the This Week in League Challenge. Now, with his back to the far side of the ground. <laughs> and he's got hash fuck off Tom, so uh, little bastard. Um, and then uh, Ben Skinner tweet us at Ben Skinner on Twitter he tweeted us uh, ideas for the hash fuck off Tom challenge and he he sent us a link to a, to a site called Deadspin which is you know kind of a news newsish sort of site and um, I think they were actually the site that first broke um, the what's his fucking name the Manti Teo story oh, about yeah, the fake yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, were the, they were the site that broke that story um, well they had a, they had an article on there and I'll just read the URL out so you know what this is all about is a uh, Deadspin.com forward slash idiot on the field attacks referee with Vuvuzela. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was you know and so basically someone did a hundred hundred meter dash to clock the referee I heard, with Vuvuzela uh, during the coverage on Monday night. Uh, on the boys on Triple M started discussing Vuvuzelas. Yeah, we're just yeah. seeping 
in to people's consciousness. Exactly. And they don't want to acknowledge us, but they give out these little signs. They mention a Vuvuzela. They mention Revelation. I'm not saying we invented the words because, you know, quite frankly, they've been around for a lot longer than we have. But we've put our own flavour on the English language and people are starting to just not being able to control the seepage. Yeah, well, this, this, this issue is, I mean, we didn't invent the words, but, I mean, we, we certainly introduced them to the rugby league lexicon. Exactly right. And so these fucking sharks come swimming along, and fucking biting word, up our style. I use the word seep because it really is like an effluent. <laughs> <laughs> Making its way into the rugby league media's consciousness. I love yeah. it. Now, you've been busy uh, this week, so we're actually recording this uh, you know, 24 hours later than we normally record. Yes. Uh, you're moving into a new house that you've moved into now. Yes. And so being that you're uh, especially busy today, probably unpacking shit, I don't know if you saw the tweet that we got uh, this morning from our good friend Tad Pike from Sydney. That guy. Uh, yeah, via, via way of, you know, buttfuck Idaho or whatever... Montana, Alabama, or something. Is it? <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Tad. I'm from Buttfuck, Idaho. So he says he talks like that too, mainly because, as is the custom for people that are raised in Buttfuck, Idaho. <laughs> well, we well speaking, well, you, know, the, you know, when you when you do when you do the Buttfuck thing, there's uh, there's certain eventualities that won't happen. <laughs> okay, and if you watch Game of Thrones on Monday night, um, Mar- Marjorie Tyrell actually said that yeah, implied that uh, that Renly uh, asked when he was drunk, he asked her to, to do a sex act that uh, sounded extremely painful with no chance of conceiving a child. <laughs> Slash so, yeah. an initiation ceremony from Buttfuck, Idaho, Tad Pike's hometown. And when you buy a bumper sticker, as is the custom in America when you're a tourist, when you buy a bumper sticker in Tad's hometown, you're actually encouraged to buy two and stick them in a cross-like fashion across your ass. Hmm. Okay. To avoid said initiation. That that's a lot more background than I thought that anyone would be able to provide. <laughs> oh, but Wikipedia, he sent us a tweet this morning and said, "Despite a newborn, a new job, and no sleep, I have been listening. Thanks for the show, as Fucking always. Fucking you. South's even looking good. A new job that means there's two people on this earth that employed that. No hoper. Yeah, but the thing that the 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 thing that caught my attention was a newborn, and I was like. And I think I replied and said something along the lines of, you fathering a child, inconceivable. And, he's, and he replied and said, conceive it, bitch. It's a girl. Avi is her name. Uh, South take the whole fucking thing the year of her birth. Why not? And I said, well, no, I mean, you know, you, you might be on the right track because, uh, you know, the two years that Simone was pregnant with our children, uh, at the time the grand final was on, that was two premierships for Manly. And so, and he said, oh, so it could happen. I said, no, well, you know, you it would have been last year that South would have won when, you, when your wife was pregnant. <laughs> you know? So Winnie. no, so, so no, the, the window's closed now and you're not going to win shit. But um, yeah, we haven't heard from him for a while and there you go. That's why. There's no excuses, huh? And then, then he wanted I mean, to see if we're... He wanted to see friends. We, he wanted to see when we were coming down to Sydney this year as well so so we could buy him drinks. Said the same thing last year. Yeah. Didn't see him. Yeah, Where was he? Exactly. Nowhere to be seen. Where was yeah. he when we were down for the UFC? And he said he was going to come visit us and just never it's true. us up. Because we were, apart from, heard from him. Apart from the time in the UFC itself, we were pretty much in the, the bar, or the, the, the brewery yeah. or whatever it is well, at Novotel the entire time. Yeah, exactly. So, if yeah. they didn't close, I would never have left. Exactly. <laughs> and if it wasn't so convenient to go to the hotel room just upstairs. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, enough about that guy. Yeah. Okay, so the Game of Thrones meme competition. We have our winners. We'll reveal them at the end of the show. Uh... 
what else? Uh, Twill quotes, Twill underscore quotes. The anonymous person, still anonymous, sent us an email. Uh, we, we kind of, last week's show, we sort of challenged them to reveal themselves or if they didn't want to reveal themselves publicly to, you know, let us in. So they sent us an email anyway just to say, you know, all good. Um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's basically, basically like, you know... I'm Batman. I'm Batman. It's basically yeah. the... Consider uh, me to be Batman. The uh, context you know, of the email. Yeah, consider me to be Batman. Uh, just, you know, paying it forward or whatever. You know, you guys do the show, so, you know, just uh, taking the uh, the laughs that you guys do and uh, putting them out there. Quite frankly, Twiddle. had a bit of a uh, selfish read through at Twill underscore quotes timeline. Yeah. Fuck, I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Headset. Oh. I'm just gonna take a screenshot and you know just send that around. Yeah, that's me. Actually, if, you want, if you want to see the best, I'm of not me, gonna send it around. I'm just gonna give it to Nicklin, <laughs> and I'm gonna say, "See this shit? Read it." Yeah, but that's something we see haven't. How sp- fucking funny I am. Yeah, bitch? But, but we haven't we haven't spoken about that before. But um, what well, was probably about two or three weeks ago, she got on Facebook and said. Yeah. I actually listened to it, and it's actually like it was. Her whole tone was one of like surprise. Yeah. It's actually it's actually hilarious. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm listening to it now. Oh my god! So you know, can't stop laughing. So like, yeah, well, yeah, I've been doing it for like what? This is the fucking fourth year, hey? I mean, just, yeah. You know, Not to pro- mention, give it the program. She's been living with that hilarity for fucking better part of fourteen years. I think the implication was. <laughs> that it was my part that was hilarious. Shit. Because <laughs> otherwise, why would she say anything? I mean, if she knew you were hilarious already. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Make um, a valid point. Un- unluckily, the the Raiders, we'll get to the Raiders, like their, their game on um, Sunday night, uh, I think it was. Um, we'll get to it later, but unfortunately, he used up all the, they used up all the Canberra luck, and Matt Lenevez was unsuccessful at the Logies, and he didn't even lose to Kerry Packer. He lost to some fucking kid off home and away that no one's ever heard of. He or, was, you know, certainly I haven't, because I don't watch home and away. He was successful in looking sexy, well, as you'd expect from Doc- Dr. Sexy. But... What about the picture he tweeted? Oh, he's Louis Vuitton swag. Yeah. <laughs> he got a blow to get the Louis Vuitton swag. Well, you know. Louis Vuitton, probably. <laughs> well, it's a log. He's had Burt Newton or something, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did uh, He did, did make a uh, a grand entrance on the red carpet. He was looking a million dollars. And, you know, I don't like to take credit for things that I've had absolutely nothing to do with, but I'm happy to take a little bit of credit for the way he looked on the red carpet. Why are you going to take credit for the way he looked? I mean, let's take... Clearly, he's become a better man just from having spoken to me on the phone. Well, I was going to say, just to, you know, from the you know, the nomination, like, we'll, we'll take all credit for that. But, I mean, the way he looked, well, I mean, you know, I he, mean, came, we he came out that way. To a, to a fan base, you know, that, that he'd never had access to before. And that probably People didn't... People without vaginas. And it probably didn't didn't cast a single vote for the Logies, unfortunately. <laughs> and that's my fault, too. I mean, if I, if I had to actually realise what all the dates were and everything, might have, you know... Pushed it, <laughs> pushed it a little bit harder. Um, it, look, I did cast a vote, but my vote went to the chick with the beard from Neighbours. Sorry, Matt. Who's the chick with the beard from Neighbours? I don't know. The chick that fucking owns a diner. What's her name? The Greek chick. I don't, I don't know if she has a beard, but she's Greek. She probably does. I don't watch Neighbours, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Hey, did about. I say Neighbours? I meant Home and Away. <laughs> well, now, yeah, I don't know that either. There okay. You there you go. Yeah, she got my vote. You didn't, Matt. She's got a better beard than you. News. Okay, uh, this week, surprise, surprise, we didn't have a single complaint about the clock. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We officially kicked 
kicked all the haters down. Isn't it interesting when you name and shame people for, for fucking spouting off, they dry up and evaporate like un, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, like a penile excretion. So, you know, thanks to all the past sponsors of the of the of the ticking time bomb clock. <laughs> but uh, alas we don't need any sponsors anymore. It's obviously been paid off. And um we've got a couple of quick fire stories, so let's start the clock now. And Adam Blair is the first one. Had a leg pull, got off. He did a chicken leg tackle, whatever you want to call it. And um, you know, protected species that he is ever since his storm days. Word just came through before chicken we started leg, recording. Chicken wing. Got off a blatant chicken. chicken I can't remember who he chicken winged in the manly game, but that was that was far more blatant than this was. Uh, he actually got charged with this way, but he got off. So, my absolute clean skin deserved uh, deserved to get off, and uh, look forward to him playing again this week. Uh, you know, had his best game for the club on Monday night. Say so, fuck, you need a to- you need a you need a forward. <laughs> Matt Gillette and Jack Reed, who Brisbane would like to claim as you know Broncos juniors probably because they're from Queensland. Yeah. They're from Bribey Island, which That's is like right. you know. You know, they may as well be fucking North Queensland Cowboys juniors that far. They may as well be from Campbelltown. I've got my, my, uh, one of my best mates is from Bribey Island. He always gives me shit about being, because I'm from Campbelltown. Yeah. I say, fuck you, man. You're from Bribey Island. It's like Campbelltown with sand. Campbelltown Island. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, It's like Airsie Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly less needles in the sand. <laughs> So yeah, um, but you know they they did you know they've they've played together for a while. Uh, clearly, they, they you know there's something going on there. They'd like to stay together, and um, yeah, they've extended their contracts at the Broncos. Uh, look, Broncos have have signed up. They've identified a, a need for a uh, you know a centre with zero footwork and and limited attacking ability and and a wide running second rower slash centre. With uh, no fresh ideas, so they needed that. They signed those boys up, and I'll tell you, a slow, you know, a slow, wide-running second rower with red hair. Who they play in the centres, <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Gillette, who, who has, you know, he does have some talent. They are, you know, they have identified the local talent and signed them up to long-term deals. I think they need, you know, with Justin Hodges, I think they need a little bit more in the centres than Jack Reed, but that's the way they've decided to go. And um, good luck to the young bloke. He's he's obviously um, set up with a big future. Brent Kite article came out. I think it was a bit of a hatchet job from uh, from uh, was a bulldog that did it. I think it was Richie that did it. Um, it was a bit of a hatchet. I guess for him to try and stick a knife into Manly and stick a knife into Penrith as well. Though. He's expanding his targets. They did an article, an interview with Brent Kite saying uh, the Brent Kite didn't want to leave Manly and go to Penrith. Um, you know, of course, no one wants to leave Manly because once you leave Manly, your future prospects are over. I mean, because of the Manly Manly's, curse. Manly's a lovely place. It's just the people that make it shit. People are fantastic. The people are cunts. Place is fantastic. Quite frankly, much like the players. Um, <laughs> but if you woke up every day and you had the option of looking at, you know, sandy beaches and, and waves crashing over the shore and, yeah. and, you know, beautiful seagulls floating around and you could walk down to Stewart House and look at some delinquent kids... Um, <laughs> or you could look out your front door through fucking barbed wire fences and yeah, like and, cable ski work, that cable ski fucking <laughs> at you know a couple of burnout cars yeah and some you up know, on blocks some fucking junkies in your front your front lawn know what I'd rather take yeah exactly take fucking burnout cars every day of the week rather than live with those manly cunts. <laughs> Yeah, but unfortunately, Brent Kite didn't feel that way. Yeah, and uh, well, 
but there was, there was an, another interesting thing. If in the, the fucking cap fits. In the in the interview, there was another interesting thing where they, he sort of he was really provoking him, saying, "Oh, do you agree with the salary cap, even though it means it got forced you out of the club?" And you know, she, he was trying to provoke him. But then he mentioned he said something about you know Penrith. Why why would why would you go to Penrith? Why Penrith? And and he actually went they on. They offered to, me the most money. Well, he actually went on to say that he he didn't want to leave Manly. And there's a couple of clubs he would not have gone to if they, even if they offered him a contract. So I wonder who that is. Storm Dogs? Clearly he wasn't the West Tigers. He was all well, he, to go to the West Tigers. And except, the Tigers he, except he didn't go. Quite rightfully turned their back on him. And now he's uh, basically done twice as twice as much work as uh, all the props combined in West Tigers roster. Next story. <laughs> um, the Dogs, they had an article come out today where uh, you know, guys like Ennis and uh, Tolman were sticking up for T-Rex saying, hey, give me a break. He's just yes. le- he's learned the system. I don't think it's fair. Preferably, you know? he's left leg. He's fucking. He's an amazing. <laughs> he's an amazing player. Don't don't fucking don't sh- stop shitting on him, guys. Because you know he's going to come good for us. And this the I've heard this. This is not just from these idiots. Like as you know, and make no mistake about it. Michael Ennis is a fucking idiot. Um, Tolman is too. Because why would you fucking stay there? He's awesome, and he's just getting fucking buried by you know Desi's system. But anyway, <laughs> you're so bitter and repugnant. Yeah, but Tolman's fucking awesome. I don't know if I, I don't know if it's because I loved him from you know when he was is that killing like it in, in a direct comparison to you or just in general? He's, he's he was he's a fucking unbelievable prop and he just seems in to not get the minutes. And, to you mostly come up awesome, yeah. just saying. Oh yeah, well he's he's not he's not an unbelievable prop compared to me. Clock, like you know, the clock's ticking, motherfucker. Get yeah, point. the clock is ticking. Um, the point. What was the point of saying? Yeah, Ennis is a fucking idiot. That's point one. The point two is they're talking <laughs> T-Rex about T Rex is a fucking they're, myth. They're talking about this. They're talking. Yeah, T Rex is a myth. Yeah, I mean fucking you know news ball in there. The sky's also blue and cucumbers taste better pickled, but. Point three is that um, you're thinking about that cucumber one, aren't you? <laughs> but the other point is they keep talking about God it. Taking, damn it, he's right. They keep, they keep talking about the time it's taking him to settle into the systems and everything. One, he's playing under the fucking coach who probably you know got the best out of him anyway. Two, let's look over at Manly. Justin Horro, Brenton Lawrence, Uncle Fussy. All with very limited pre-seasons. Uncle fucking what? Richie Foso. What did you call him? Uncle Fuss. That's his name. And now... Just when I thought you couldn't come up with a more fucking I, retarded nickname... I didn't come up with than it. ...than some of the bullshit you've given some of these poor That's, fucking players like T-Red. I mean, what hope has I'm that glad, fuckhead got? I'm glad you mentioned T-Red. Because if you remember the story he's of a how... a very he, unattractive kid, by the way. Not only is he a ranger, he's a fucking good head like a drop pie, a, yeah. a fucking smash crab flavored drop pie. But Ranger's always been like the the equivalent of like you know um, pig dogs, like the well, human pig dog equivalents. Okay, take your point, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, T Red, how did he come to Manly? No preseason. The week before the season started, he fucking got shunted over. He's like he got shunted over on a Friday. Um, played Reggie's that weekend, scored a couple of tries. He's in the Manly first grade side the week after that. No preseason, and he slotted in like fucking. You wouldn't believe. Shows how desperate Manly are for fucking. Shows how incredible players. it shows. It, it it basically shows that players could fit into systems very very quickly. Let me talk about T Rex fitting into a fucking system. He's mm-hmm. got one job: get the ball. Run hard, repeat. Not that hard. How fucking difficult is it to fit into that system? You fucking halfwit. Suck it up. You're a professional athlete. Catch the ball. Run hard. You're 120 kilos. Do it or fuck off. I'm sick of listening to you. And that, Next. And I think the only reason he's in the, squ- in the squad still is because you know, 650, 700 grand of reported figures, that's a lot of money to spend on a Reggie. And I just think it's a, a, as a face-saving thing. Because let's face it, he was bought as a face-saving measure in the you first place. He, you know what? 
He'd still go to the fucking tuck shop in reserve grade and say, oh, can I have a pipe? Oh, sorry. Oh, I forgot my wallet, bro. I forgot my oh, I'm wallet. not going to say I'm he's fucking like... I'm always forgetting. I always forget that I'm 120 kilos, bro. So you're going to say that he's a, he's actually like a tight ass as well as a, as, as well as a shit player? he fucking left his wallet and his fucking bike, or however he would get to training if he played in reserve grade. Why Why would he need a bike to get to training in reserve grade? He's been paid fucking $650,000 a year. You can drive a he's fucking Maserati. He's not smart enough to get a car. If he was smart, he'd realise it was 120 kilos. Get the ball, run hard, repeat. Fuck, we'd have been over this. Stop the clock. <laughs> but the final thing. Do oh, the clock's still going. You, yeah, the clock's still going. Do you, do you hear the rumour about the doggies? That we're, uh, I'm not going to mention any names whatsoever, for obviously, for allegedly reasons. Yeah. But let's just say that um, player A fucked player B's wife. Player C got wind of it. Smacked up player A. Player A now finds himself outcast from the first grade squad and not a popular member. <laughs> and um and and so and recent team selections will show you you know everything you need to know about that. Player B, no names, but I mean, I mean imagine if if you know someone if your teammate fucked your wife and Wayne Carey style, that would probably send you off on an epic fucking bender. But yeah, stop the clock. I'll make no comment. <laughs> now, first story of the big stories. Dave Taylor has been stood down for two weeks. He must earn back the trust of Gold Coast coach John Cartwright after his poor attitude and brazen disobedience forced the club to stand him down for two weeks. It's understood Cartwright questioned the attitude of Taylor on more than one occasion already this season, and another incident of insubordination last weekend was the final straw for club officials. The high-priced South Sydney recruiter struggled to fit into the Titans program in his first year on the coast. Taylor will have three games in which to impress Queensland selectors who sacked him on the basis of form for the deciding game last year. He's understood to have voiced frustration regarding the game plan following the loss to the Broncos on Friday. On several occasions in the game, Taylor was visibly annoyed at not receiving the ball on the left edge where he was targeting Scott Prince. The Titans refused to detail the reasons for Taylor's axing, but it's understood a string of minor code of conduct breaches forced them to act. Cartwright said alcohol was not behind his demotion. It's a fucking epidemic of players that are 120 kilos doing jack shit. Play like they're fucking... Built like POWs. Mm-hmm. Dave Taylor, the fuck have you got to say about game plans and tactics? Get the fucking ball, run hard, repeat. I feel and like do I've it heard more that somewhere three before. Three times in a game. Yep. It's not that hard. To be fair, you don't have to be fucking. You don't have to be General Patton to realise that you know it's a valid strategy to fucking run that run the fat touchy at Scott Prince. That's true. <laughs> so so inexperience in the in the Titans halves, I think, to you know to not send him on those missions because you know it may have yielded several tries. Yeah. But, yeah. but they probably said, "Hey, Dave, we'd give you the ball, but you're standing out on the, over the fucking sideline behind the touchy." Scott Prince isn't out there, champ. Matt He's Orford, here on the football you, you, field. You'd have to be Matt Orford or Benji Marshall to pass it to you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on from there. Um, unlucky, Dave Taylor. Sort your shit out, man. Nothing unlucky about it. And then I saw someone on Shut Twitter. Shut your mouth, play football. I can't remember who it was that, um, on Twitter, but uh, so I, I'm sorry I can't give you credit, but you know, it probably saves you from lawsuit. Um, saying that they saw, you know, they, they saw so many photos of him getting blind with. Um, with the fucking Mad Hueys in the off-season as well. So, uh, attitude, it's basically a symptom of his attitude not being right. He thinks he's a rock star. He's like the man that ate the man that ate the man that ate Jamie Soward. <laughs> that reminds me, we had, we had, a, we had a, a, a title of a show, you know, something along those lines last year. Yeah, that was in relation to Inglis. 
Was it? A couple of seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, next one, Cat's uh, Hair Returns. Terry Campisi is back again, probably temporarily, as, you, as we know it goes. The former New South Wales State of Origin playmaker was last night chosen in Canberra's side to play New Zealand on Saturday night at Canberra Stadium. Campo, who will play his first game in 12 months, has been forced to overcome a horrendous injury toll. Two knee reconstructions and a serious groin injury have plagued his career over the past three years, but the champion playmaker believes he's mentally and physically ready to return. He said, I can't go out there thinking about them, meaning his operations. That's when you put yourself in a dangerous position. I have to go out there and not think about the knee, just get out there and play football. I've been ticking all the boxes and finally got the tick of approval from our medical staff. Everyone is happy. It's been 12 months since the operation, so it's time to play. I knew what to expect this time around, so it was easy but it doesn't get easier watching from the sidelines. Terry Campisi is a very cerebral footballer. Plays with his brain. He's not gifted with blinding pace. Not gifted with Benji Marshall type footwork. But he's a thinker. He's a thinker. And he's much like his uncle. His uncle was a cerebral footballer playing out there on the wing for the Wallabies. Skipping inside. The first person in history to say that David Campisi fucking thinks. Have you seen his Twitter feed and the shit he says in his newspaper articles? I didn't say. I didn't say that it made sense. The things that occur in his head. But he does think a lot. It's really, really dumb shit. I'm looking forward to how seeing how Terence fits into the uh, to the Canberra system. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, executing Supercoach Ferner's game plans. His kicking game is critical. They've got the forwards to uh, to create a, a platform which any half worth their salt in the NRL is going to be able to play off the back of. Um, and his kicking game, long kicking game in particular, kicking to corners and uh, and building pressure is is paramount to, to trying and to add that other element to the, to the Raiders game. I don't know... If he's going to be the same player, mentally or physically, but um, you know he's he's definitely a very smart footballer. So I think he can overcome his injuries long term, based on the way that he, you know his vision and the way he sees and, and thinks about a game. So wait, you say that you're not sure how he's going to come back? Well, you know what? Not convinced? No. Okay. Well, I've got the answer already. Right. Campisi does not accept he may take several games to recapture his top form. Asked how long his comeback would take, Campisi said, "If I get the chance, I hope I'm back to my best in five minutes." I don't want to be a burden for the boys there. I want to be my best straight away. So there you go. There's the answer. He's going to be back to his best he's in confident. five minutes. So he's going to be back to his best in five minutes. Five minutes of best play. Might lay on a try. Out for a year. Unfortunately. He's, he's got form. He does. He does. All right. What else do we have here? St. George Illawarra. Possibly looking to buy a double, double team of Dugan and Carney. So um, there's been private discussions between Todd Carney and Josh Dugan about reuniting at the Dragons. St. George Illawarra are heavily favoured to sign Dugan for the remainder of this season and beyond, and they're also deep in the hunt to poach Carney from arch-rivals Cronulla. Despite the fact they never played together at NRL level, the pair were close until Carney left the ACT midway through 2008, and when he joined the Roosters two years later, Carney led a push for the club to chase Dugan so they could play side-by-side at Bondi Junction. The Roosters launched a big-money bid for Dugan's services in 2010, only for Canberra to prevail, but now with the Dragons in the market for both players, the stars have aligned for them to be together again. So, wow. Yeah, they reckon he'll. They reckon Carney will attract offers of around seven hundred and fifty grand a season I from the Dragons, Warriors, and Panthers. Specifically for Dugan, but also for Carney. I don't think the Dragons are cool enough. And Cronulla are. 
Well, Carmella's no. got that little edgy sort of bogan thing going on that would probably appeal to someone like Carney. I don't think the dragons are edgy enough. There's no rooftop selfies in fucking Cogra. They could bring that culture in. Could you? Well, could you imagine? <laughs> do you know? Do you remember that tile company, Monia? Yeah. Where it had the outline of a cat walking on a yeah, roof. Yeah. Ben Cray. Yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a selfie in the making. Jamie Sowell, yeah, take your pick. Remakes of the Monia logo coming to Instagram. Um, <laughs> oh, that this it just goes that all that proves to me is how far the Dragons have dropped since Wayne Bennett's left. Yeah. Um, Carney's one thing. I think he on his own, um, he's proven himself during his time at Cronulla that he. He has turned his life around, I think, and um, he's obviously settled down, got himself in a stable relationship, and all credit to him. Um, Dugan's flat out a fucking head case, and, uh, mm-hmm. and and the Dragons have built a system of such structure and discipline, um, and now they're leading leading the charge to, to sign someone like Dugan, who just has no uh, no control over what the fuck he's doing off the field. Yep. Um, and Dugan, and Dugan has to satisfy, he has to comply with... NRL provided counselling and oh. proved that he's a quote fit and proper person. That counselling, etc., can't be that strict if Robert Louis is playing rugby league. Yeah, that criteria. Yeah, and we'll get to that too because fucking that was one of the most heartwarming rugby league memories I'll ever fucking have. Is just the rugby league community that weekend. But we'll get into that later. Recaps, the first game, and once again, the weekend started off in tremendous fashion, so I was just fucking sailing through the weekend, you know, as with the week before, with the, you know, the devastating win over the West Tigers. Same again. Can't remember. Another 26-point game from the Sea Eagles. This time it was, uh, they won 20 points, 2-6, over the arch-rival Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, and this was a fucking game that they were never in the doggies. Um, half-time, 18 shit. The points... Manly's 20 points came from a double to Jorge Tafua. Jamie Lyon got a try as well. Three from three from Lyon, and he got one penalty goal from two attempts. Bankston, uh, Canary Bankstown Bulldogs, they had a try to Michael Ennis off of you know, obstruction, and conversion from Tim <laughs> Lafay, one from one. Manly are building a bit of a psychological, a psychological edge over a few sides in the NRL. Um, most notably, if they're building a, a handy... Edge over the Bulldogs, um, as well as the Storm, I think. Um, you well, know, to be last... fair, the Bulldogs have won the two previous encounters, You know, one of which was a finals game. Yeah, but I, I think this whole T-Rex thing has probably swung the pendulum in Manly's favour. <laughs> yeah, loser, lo- the loser is the one the team that has T-Rex. <laughs> it's like handicapping system, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Manly are probably heading much along the same lines as, uh, to use an NBA reference, the, the Detroit Pistons. Um, in the nineties, when the young upstart Chicago Bulls took them on and uh, and you know beat up the bullies, and I think that's that's where Manly are headed. You know, I don't want to say about a young team, couple of you know couple of superstars on the rise, just finding their feet at the moment. Maybe at the later end of the season, bash up the bully, take the mantle. Just saying. So you're saying so you're saying just that... saying the West Tigers are probably going to beat Manly and and take on you know the dominant role they so. So richly deserve. In Had the your chance two weeks ago, and if it was an NBA game, it would have been fucking well. I guess nil's nil, isn't it? So it would have been like 113 nil or something. If it was an NBA game. 
Anyway, back to this game. Um, <laughs> Amazing I'm really, I'm back really track. <laughs> concerned that T-Rex is going to be forgotten long before this mega contract is up for him. Uh, he's He's got nothing out there. Maybe he can go and, to the Dragons. And it's, it's just interesting that some of his teammates are coming out in support of him, but the media's after him now. And yeah. how's he going to handle that pressure? Well, not, um, not very well, I imagine. He handle the pressure of, of people he classes as friends um, and former teammates out there on the field. Um, to put a performance together um, to show them what they're missing out on. Um, yeah, he was he was very ordinary. I think the dogs um, are going to be okay, but as I said last week, I think their record is starting to become fairly imposing against them. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely have the credentials to be you know every bit every bit as good as they were last year, but um, you know there's, there's a few mumbles in the media and the whole barber thing is yet to really um, you know be put to bed. He's yet to get back to his best form. And, um, you know, they've got a little bit of work to do. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I think Manly started out in control of this game and, and really took the game by the scruff of the neck early and didn't really let go and just continued to build pressure and, and in the end, closed it out for a good win. Yeah, uh, easy. That first try they scored with Tafua was so fucking easy, catch and pass numbers. He didn't, you know, there was no struggle to put it down or anything. He was just passing. He just strolled into the, you know, into the in-goal area, put the ball down. Um, you know, some of the other tries were obviously were, you know, harder to come by, but still you know, great games all around. I'm fucking loving the team at the moment, the way they're going. And their defence, I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, it's like, you know, 96 fucking, or, or, 80, or 87. Some new material. Or 87 defence. Oh, still invite me up here to cook me dinner, but come come up with some new material. Look, if they're going to keep pretty much shutting out teams every week, the defence is something that's going to have to be discussed. There's a fucking brick wall. And I hear internally that the reason for the defence being so good this year, which is going to shit some other teams... Modelled it off West Tigers, clearly. No. <laughs> no, no, because you conceded 26 points against that's us. Right. Sorry. Um, we'll get those mixed up. Brad Arthur. Stop. Who? Brad Arthur. He's included... He's, he's brother a brother of the uh, Australian cricket team coach? No, it's the guy that was caretaker coach of Parramatta towards the late stages of last season. Oh, because they were a fucking defensive powerhouse, Parramatta. But appa- what, I, what I'm hearing is he's he's the assistant coach that's kind of in charge of defence. The players love him and uh, are responding to him. And I also hear that Matt Parrish, the players were happy to see the arse at the end of him last year. Is that right? So I, He was a very highly rated coach when he came over and took up an assistant coach. And he was very like... Very close to signing with the West Tigers. Yeah, I think, I think you guys might have dodged a bullet with him, uh, you know not getting him as a head coach because uh, from what I hear that, you know, he was actually, you know, partially, <laughs> partially anything that happened last year was, you know, partially like disharmony sort of, you know, with him, like players didn't, you know, gel with him or whatever, for whatever reason. And this year, apparently, uh, yeah, Brad Arthur's <sighs> solid as a rock in there uh, and the defences uh, responded what a surprise. accordingly. A, a member of the Manly uh, fraternity leaves and then his name is Sullied. What a surprise. Well, not Sully. I'm just saying he didn't, you know, the chemistry wasn't right. Really like you, Sully. No, no, I'll Sully T-Rex and Desi to the cows kind of. This is not Sully. I'm just saying the chemistry wasn't right for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't actually know why. But, uh, yeah. Now, Twitter. We I mean, should talk about this game all day because it was magnificent, but we'll go, you know, Oh, sorry, one last point I did have. Sorry, on the game. Hell. One last point. Um, dogs, they got their try like about, you know, four or five minutes before the end of play. Michael Ennis, it was a clear obstruction. Um, would have been blown up any day of the week. But, lo and behold, the referee says, look, I think it's a try. We'll go upstairs to the obstruction. Sends it upstairs. To fucking whom? Who's upstairs adjudicating? Luke Patton. 
Oh, really? Luke Patton. Oh, really? The general's going to fucking push the no-try button on his team? Oh. Yeah, right. Fucking Cannot it. believe that you would question the integrity of a man that played with... With the blue and know, whites for so long that he... With, with, <laughs> he played with, you know, all the heart that you would expect of a man whose eyes point in two different fucking directions. Exactly. How can someone like that be charged with <laughs> making decisions on, you know, on a small screen anyway? Uh, Twitter. At Campo37. The Rabs just called Jorge a, a revelation. It may be much more excited than it should have. You're welcome, Rabs. Anthony Bale said, at, at Baybay BNC. The vitriol from Canterbury fans towards T-Rex is hilarious. Hash, thanks for making cap room for us. Yeah. At Andy Smyrniotis. Tony Williams is more useless than a back pocket on your singlet. That was a quote attributed to Gus Gould from the telecast. Has to be quote of the year. Hash yeah. useless, hash dog shit. And actually, the funny That's thing perfect. is, I didn't actually hear that quote on the telecast because in Queensland, we didn't get that game live. So I was watching it on an illegal stream. And um, the first stream I had, for whatever reason, fell over. And so rather than miss any action trying to get that one you know, going again, I just went to the second stream on the list and it was actually taken from... It was French coverage. So it was French commentators. And it was just kind of like, yeah, like, are they... And the same way, because it's a French, you go, Ale Baba, Ale Baba, Ale, Ale, Ale Baba. And like, that is, that's, that's pretty much what I said with you know, any, any player uh, that had the ball. Like, yeah, like Ale and then, you know, whatever the player's name was. <laughs> and so they're just going, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was very funny. I mean, it was, it was good because I didn't have to listen Ali to fucking... Baba and his 40 benders. Exactly. I didn't have to listen to Gus and, and Rabs going with their shit. But unfortunately, I missed that fantastic call on T-Rex. The Chapo 82. Seriously, hash T-Rex, as in the car wreck, is the NRL version of Hodor. <laughs> useless retard. Uh, James, James, James. Just wait until season, the end of season three, season four. Hodor is not as useless as you think. At Scotty Eel. Fucking manly. Love them or hate them. You have to admit they're a damn good footy team again this year. Hash can defend. Wonderful tweet. Tweet of the year contender. Four now. At Maddie underscore McCabe one. Hash. This is, I think this is the first appearance of Boom Maddie McCabe this, this year. Oh. And if you look at his Twitter name, his name is Hash Boom Matty McCabe. He's, he's a marvellous self-promoter. Uh, marvellous. And, uh, and he's got a... I really wish he'd interact with us a bit more. He's, he does send his tweets in, but... Yeah. I want him to say, G'day, mate. How are you? Hope you're having a good day. Hash, Hash Boom, Boom Matty McCabe. McCabe. Yeah, exactly. P.S. Just went and took a quick piss. Hash Boom Matty McCabe. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. He's a fucking legend. I love it. And uh, he started his tweet, hash, beat it, Tom Waterhouse. Maybe they should have locked Barber in a room with Tom Waterhouse for rehab. He knows what punters want. <laughs> At CA Photo 10. Tony Williams can go eat a box of cocks. I've seen ball boys have a big impact in this oxygen thief. <laughs> hash, rally fucking towel. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. Took it much better than I would have thought. He said, uh, the dogs were that bad, I would have rather watched Tom Waterhouse rather than my team. Congrats, Manly, on the win. How rational is that? I reckon he's just like injected himself with something. Yeah, like this is Valium. Just straight, before yeah. going, you know what? I'm just going to send these guys a tweet. I'm going to be gracious because if I say something, it's going to be on and it's going to hurt more he's, than it he's, does. He's <laughs> filled himself up on grace serum. I never took him. I never. I never took him as being so rational. But he obviously played the odds of you know doing a hate hateful tweet uh, and uh, elected to go against clearly it. Clearly, his account was hacked. And I uh, speak of hateful tweets at Cambo ninety six. Des Hasler is a fucking myth. I hope the cunt rots down in the bottom of the ladder with that scum club he chose over Manly. 
And I must admit, it is very, very pleasing to see where they are in the ladder at the moment. At the Chapo, 82 came back again and said, congrats, Manly. You really treated us like Joffrey treated those hookers. You remember that from season two? Yes. <laughs> and he said, Hash beat the shit out of us. Hash, keating out, hawking. <laughs> at Life of Ty, who's on his honeymoon. And let me tell you, I mean, my honeymoon, I think we were gone for three weeks. And, um, his honeymoon, which is clearly doubling his divorce. His, his honeymoon. I mean, he's been he's been on honeymoon for like fucking three months. On his own, probably. Oh, you know, apparently not. But yeah, Look, it's easy to go on long holidays when your wife's inflatable. <laughs> and he said, uh, "Checking in from Prague. Hash go manly. Hash eat one bulldogs. Hash epic failure crew. Prague suburb of Penrith." And the Chapo 82 came in again and said, it's a sad, sad day when T-Rex makes Adam Blair look like Bradley Clyde. <laughs> Adam Blair's not that far off but Bradley Clyde. Only 40 tackles and 14 hit-ups a game. <laughs> Next game. Give or take. The Brisbane Broncos, 32, defeated the Gold Coast Titans, 12. In front of uh, a reportedly excellent crowd of 22,749 people, the uh, Which tries... respectable on TV. It actually didn't look too bad, hey? Um, the tries, Peter Wallace, Josh Hoffman, Matt Gillette, Justin Hodges, Andrew McCulloch, and Nick Sliney, the possible sex offender, Nick Sliney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott Prince, four of six conversions. And uh, the Titans, their tries came through. Albert Kelly, <laughs> both of two from two just go through the phone book and just underline people with names that make them sound like a possible sex offender. Magnificent. It's really Sorry, st- mate. It's really stuck You're on too, the register. What are you talking about? I've got a clean record. Your name sounds like makes you sound like a sex offender. It's all got to go on. Oh, he just goes to the government to apply for a blue card to get a job at a childcare centre or something, and they're like, yeah, and he just they just look at the form. I'm sorry, Mr. Sliney, your application has been declined. But I didn't. <laughs> yeah, but uh, according to your name. <laughs> you touch children. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 32, 32 to 12, and uh, the Titans bubble is beginning to burst, uh, you know, later than I thought it would, but nevertheless, it begins. It's a simple game, Rugby League. Very simple game. You get good go forward, you kick to the corners, and it makes it very hard to beat. And I think that's what the Broncos started out doing in this game. Um, and they withstood the Titans, you know, attack. Um, who was, They were short Caesar too, which, to be yep. fair to the Titans, would have had a, a dramatic impact on their performance. But um, And then something about the Broncos' second halves these past couple of weeks, they weren't quite good enough to get over the top of the storm in the, in the end. But the way they come out in that second half and really controlled possession and, and put on some pretty enterprising attack... And it was, it was almost a carbon copy in this game. They just blasted it out of the blocks, um, took the game by the scruff of the neck when it was there for either side to take, and um, and really controlled it. And, and that second 40 minutes set the tone for the victory, and it was it was very impressive. Um, I think that, you know, they were probably even even money going into half time, with the Titans probably even looking like they might have had a little bit more momentum. But, um, yeah, the Broncos... Whatever he's saying to him at half time, Hook looks like he's got him ready. This time, yeah, you know, cause second halves haven't been the greatest friends of no, exactly uh, the, right. You know, it's a real turn. The, the storm game was the, the one exception to that rule, but yeah, this time, you know, they backed it up. Clearly, the Eels have seen something in the past which which would indicate Corey Norman is capable of this type of performance 
um, week in, week out, hence his big contract that he signed. Can um, I just interrupt you there quickly? I forgot, on Twitter tonight, I've been seeing people throw out rumours that he's going to uh, he's going to molten that contract. Really? That's just, yeah, just rumours I hear. But I mean, a lot of people have been saying it though, so it must be getting about, something must have started that kind of talk off. I don't know why this is called Molson. Luke Lewis did it. I mean, yeah, why but is he was, it called Luke Lewis? His was, was, was very kind of... He's felt more low-key, though, Luke Lewis, right? The Molson was a big thing. Yeah, it was, but that doesn't make it, you know... I mean, what... what a, it was what essentially were the, the same thing. What were the specifics of the Luke Lewis one, though? Luke Lewis signed a deal with the Bunnies. Had he signed it, or he did, had he just agreed to a deal? This is where I think the Molson one might well, be I think more he signed so. it, and then he rang him and said... I've had a change of heart, and they said, "Well, we don't want people playing for us if they don't want to play for us." They fucking, tore it up. Fucking idiots. Could be wrong. That's my take on it. Yeah, he said, "I can't." The, the, the planes don't fly from Penrith to fucking Redfern <laughs> in, the, in the rain. <laughs> Mainly because as soon as the planes touch down, people rip the wheels off them and sell them on eBay. Set them on fire. Um, yeah, I think Norman had you know one of his best games for the Broncos that I've I've seen him play, and and he was given some good support from the forward pack. Um, Corey Parker, um, you know, our mate Nick, Nick Sliney, Ben Hannett, all had uh, a lot of strong charges and, and that laid the platform for the Broncos to get away with a pretty solid win away from home. So Twitter, Frullins, that's F-R-U-L-L-E-N-S, looks like a bigger than usual turnout at the Gold Coast. Titans ticket counters have just announced <laughs> the crowd is 156,725 people. I saw that tweet during the game and I literally laughed out loud. That was hilarious. Troy underscore 79. 22 nil to the Broncos in the second half. Dave Ferner must have been in the Titans sheds at half time. <laughs> now I'd like to just put an asterisk next to that tweet as the, um, the foolish tweet of the week. We'll come back to that one later. And, and in a, in a classic example of, Worlds colliding, and you know, in tweetception with you know this week in league exception, Twill quotes, Twill underscore quotes tweeted us after the game and said, uh, "Nick Sliney, in brackets, who may or may not be a sex offender, is over." <laughs> so uh, they had uh, at Amy Lee underscore. You realised we said that last week, right? What's that? You said Nick Sliney. Yeah, yeah, I said yeah, that's right. But he's come back and used our quote. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like fucking Twillception. Yeah, he's like. It's an account that that echoes what we say in an episode. It's taken that, used it, tweeted it back at us in context of something that happened in another game. If fucking like, you can, I know you can't. It's hard to get your mind around it. You need Chris Nolan Mate, to come in here and put you in a fucking van, put you to sleep, spin can, a top you thing. You can make a, a a movie reference to a movie that every person on this planet has seen, By and you. I wouldn't get it. The fuck hope have I got of understanding what the hell you're talking about? Have you seen Inception? No. Oh, you haven't seen that Inception. That should not be surprising to you. That it actually kind of does because I mean, you seem like you've been seeing more stuff for, like last, you know, sort of eighteen months or so. Yeah, that never really appealed to me. That thing. It's a fucking good movie. As much as I love Leo DiCaprio, it's fucking, dreamy. It's a fucking good movie. Totes dreamy. Just saying, you're missing out. You should watch it. Right. Um, at Amy Lee underscore. Now she actually texted me from the game, and uh, and I told her, I said that's she's gold. A filthy stalker. I said that's gold. Tweet it to tweet it to this week in league account so that we can you know, say it on the show. But the way she actually t- texted it was better. Her tweet is: It was lovely seeing cobwebs all over the seats at Skill Park tonight. Classic Titans. <laughs> and I said, take a picture and send it to me. She said, I got no reception here. Yeah, so liar. She made the whole thing up. Yeah, exactly. Impulsive liar. Exactly. So it was bordering on sickness. GT three fifty one underscore Johns. <laughs> I didn't see it. 
but congrats to the Broncos on a big win. I expect the Titans to pump them. Well done, Bronx. Has Titans bubble burst? Yes. Moving along to Parramatta Eels. 13. Defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. 6. Parramatta's points came from a double to Ryan Morgan. Luke Kelly got a field goal. And Chris Sandow was 1 from 2 from the boot. Sandow also got a penalty goal. And the Sharkies. A try to Michael Gordon. A conversion to Michael Gordon. The end. And what a try it was from Michael Gordon. Solo effort. Um, it really was solo effort because it, as, a, as a team... They'd fuck all. Got nothing. Um, they looked a touch rudderless, the Sharks, I think. Um, well, that's their rudder was out. Sorry? Their rudder was out. Yeah, I understand and they replaced that. But... It, and they replaced it with with Robson rudder. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as everyone knows, is just like a fucking besser block with a chain around it. <laughs> More of an anchor than a rudder. <laughs> One player I was impressed with, uh, with his effort in a losing side, was Wade Graham. Um, he's really taking a lot out of playing with Paul Gallen and he's really remodelled himself as Paul Gallen Jr. <laughs> pretty much um, very much captain material um, very very impressed he was a bit enigmatic at the Panthers and, and did meet with a fair bit of criticism before he left but um, very mature performance very strong solid um, take no prisoners performer but the Panthers he was kind of like they wanted him to sort of make plays and stuff yeah Whereas, you know, here, he's just, you know, it's just going to sort of, you know, just cart it up. Kill people. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Um, Gritty, if unspectacular, from the Eels. Ben Roberts still managed to, um, you know, play, you know, his role with a couple of customary fuck-ups. But ultimately, I think the the Eels have found a bit of a player in Luke Kelly. Um, Strange that they had to pay so much to get Corey Norman when... I think yeah. you put the, those resources, not so much the money, but um, you know the time and effort into bringing someone like Luke Kelly along. I think he's probably a good complement to Sandow in the halves, um, and you know he's probably a you know a cool head and, and an unspectacular half that you know has a good kicking game and and plays like Sandow and Hayne with their unpredictable attack can play off the back of it. So it probably would have been a nice complement, but. Um, instead, they're going to end up with Corey Norman, who A, doesn't pass the ball, and B, wants to be another one of those spectacular players. Yeah, no, he ain't that. But um, look, in light of um, last week's performance, the Eels really, you know, they dug deep and they, and they ground out a, a pretty gritty win. Yeah, and we can say that, like, you know, last week's performance and stuff, but teams often do respond from beatings like that, you oh, know, coming, fuck, coming back strong. They shouldn't be in the comp. But also, you know, uh, we haven't yet mentioned, you know, the, the Johnny Manor Cup that they yeah, played for. Yeah, it was for. a nice touch. It was a nice touch. Uh, it was good to see the Eels win, uh, you know, obviously for Timmy. And um, although, you know, of course, you know, being the Johnny Manor Cup, I mean, he'd have his connection to Cronulla, but I think it's, you know, it's a bit more, you know, poetic or whatever for, you know, Paramount sure. to win so that his brother can, uh, you know, take the win away. And nice that both clubs partake in, in marking such an occasion, um, you know, in honour of... Of a guy that, um, you know, we could all learn a fair bit from as far as, you know, toughness and, and courage. Okay, GT351, John said, Eels more motivated tonight. Big turnaround for them. Johnny Manor would be proud. Even Ben Roberts didn't suck as bad as normal. But well, he still sucked a little still bit. Sucked. Remember when he was like, you know, like, you know, like a player, sort of, you know, in the doggies back in the day? What the fuck happened there? He's, yeah, he the wheels just fell off. 
completely. Makes Chris Bailey look like Brad Fittler. I wonder like what it is. I wonder what influence that he had that was getting the best out of him and then all of a sudden his plummet was fairly spectacular. Yeah. And you can't put it down to any particular coach on no. the heel side of things because they just they fucking rifle through They've him so quickly. Twelve. Yeah, it's, he's been he's been very consistent. He's only under been the, there five minutes. Yeah, under the under the eels banner, he's been very consistent despite the coaches that he's been through. <laughs> um, sweet Nigel B, bring back Peter Sharp. Hash fire Flano. <laughs> no one ever says bring back Peter Sharp. We've all been hurt by him. Ever at Mike underscore existence. I know it's early, but who's still confident that the Sharks are a top four side? Oh, Sharks yeah. need to get on the rally tower. I'm not um, at all. I think Flanagan come in and probably um, touched on the fact that they've, they've been very disrupted and distracted by this whole Asada thing. And a lot of that they've probably brought upon themselves at various levels of the club if, if the allegations do turn out to be true. But, um, you know, they probably have shown a certain element of professionalism um, and a will to win that you probably wouldn't normally associate with Cronulla. Over, you know, certainly taking a look at their recent history, yeah. you know, over the last five years or so. Um, but, you know, the players are obviously digging in for one another, regardless of what might be happening off the field or um, at a board level. And valiantly, and valiantly losing low-scoring games. <laughs> 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 Fucking bravo. Standing ovation for that valour. At Manly Brett... You're a real cock. I'm just saying. <laughs> At Manly Brett. Haha, Eels on more points than Desbalar with a better four and against after round five. <laughs> Sensational. So bitter. At Shunter 86. Asada have a great opportunity to check Gallon's ass for scar tissue during his nudie run. Battle scars, of course. And that was another story there that I um, I didn't catch the the, the, the story, but Gallon, Gallon sort of bet Ricky Stewart, or, you know, if they lost or whatever, he was going to do a nudie run. Uh, that then progressed to, you know, obviously he didn't think they were going to lose to a team that got pumped 50 nil the week before. <laughs> and so he actually had to make good on it. So then he said, uh, you know, if you give $10,000 to charity, I'll, I'll ride my Harley down, you know, some street, you know, down in Cronulla or something like that. And I think that's happening at 11 a.m. tomorrow. I think he start, yeah, I think he started Northeast, yeah, riding his Harley nude down the road. So, you know, for charity, for $10,000 or something, you know, don't know, to some charity, I'm not sure who it is. But yeah, that's better than a nudie run. Because I mean, you know, on a bike, yeah, you just see inside what if cheek. he sat on his balls? That could hurt. You think he's fucking not smart enough? You think he's dumb enough to actually sit down and crush his nuts? Couldn't he just fucking, you know? Fucking Paul Gallon, mate. Well, he's been on the peptides. They're fucking not balls. They're more like raisins anyway, right? <laughs> Allegedly. Make a valid point. Dragons underscore red V. Can't win when there's a trophy on the line. Last week, the Monty Porter Cup. <laughs> this week, John Manor. Next week, Steve Rogers. <laughs> and that's a very valid point, actually. At NJBT, when the Eels beat you five days after a 50-point walloping, it's time to move your team to Perth. Oh, that's harsh. It is. It is. Moving right along. North Queensland Cowboys, 30. Emulating the great manly side of last year and the mediocre Tiger side of last year who also did this feat. 30 points to nil. Really kick you in the nuts right now. Cowboys... 30 points came from tries to Khalifa, Fifi Law, double to Kane Linnett, Antonio Winstein got one, and your favourite and mine, Robert Louis got a try. Thurston was 4 of 5, uh, he also grabbed a penalty goal. over the adversity of being rubbed out of the game that he loves so much. Unju- unjustly rubbed out, I uh, might say. Unjustly rubbed out of the game that he loves so much. For a mere, 
you know, um, an indiscretion that, you know, would barely have even caused a ripple. These Apparently. fucking cocksuckers on, on Foxtel commentating this fucking game. <sighs> I'd rather it be an elephant in the room that no one mentioned. If indeed Robert Louis does have to play rugby league, which I'm not convinced that he deserves to uh, have the privilege of playing professional sport and certainly not a sport that I love as much as rugby league. Um, after doing what he, you know, he basically attacked his wife twice. Twice on, on anniversary. Once. He enjoyed it so much the first time he had an anniversary for it and fucking celebrated the first anniversary of it. And he plays his first game back after the second time where he was rubbed out of the game last season. Plays his first game back. The commentators go on about what a tough time he's had. How is the comeback kid? How has he coped with it all? How has he handled it? What a what a champion he is to have overcome the adversity of soccer kicking his missus in the head whilst pregnant in order yeah. to play rugby league again. I mean, we salute you, Robert. And so, moving on from that particular incident... It fucking was heartwarming to see the rugby league community united, yes. including some Cowboys fans as well, united in absolutely kicking the ever-loving shit digitally out of that fucking asshole. Um, the Twitter fucking melted down. I mean, I did a tweet on uh, from the This Week in League account, and I could just see this ping, 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 like just retweets going yeah. nuts. You know, it was a tweet about, you know, they were saying how hard it was or you know, how he's, you know, what was it? I can't remember. It was about his struggle over the last year. I was like, you know, how, you know, how, how hard how has hard he done it? Yeah. Struggle, yeah. But yeah, you know, about a hundred times less hard than, you know, than the, the wife that he kicked the fucking shit out of twice. And Aaron Payne as a commentator, probably as good as Aaron Payne, the footballer, who was never quite good enough to get it over the West Tigers in a grand final, much like 16 of his teammates on that fateful night. Not that I like to bring that up, but what the, what the fuck? What's the criteria for being a commentator? Oh, you used to play for the cl- one of the clubs that's <laughs> partaking in this game. Well, how do you get, do? How do you get how do you get Gaznier into a fucking into a commentary position? Either, dude. Fuck me, dead. Let's get Laurie Nichols out to commentate on fucking Tigers games weekend at Bernie style. Yeah, there's a little bit of a difference there, isn't there? Why? He's fucking dead as a <laughs> dead as dead could be. He'd still be more entertaining than Aaron Payne commentating. Fuck well, me, dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did enjoy his, uh, yeah, I did enjoy uh, the stories about, you know, the cat. <laughs> the Laurie Nichols story with the cat that you told me. <laughs> Remember that back I thought you were talking about Aaron Payne. No, 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 I was saying I enjoyed that. Oh, no, 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 I enjoyed, I enjoyed oh, that. Oh, you talking about the story he was telling about Robert Louis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert Louis took that fucking story to heart from Laurie Nichols and, and substituted. Rat a tat tat, yeah. say goodbye to your cat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the game itself, the Cowboys were sensational early. They built up a very large lead very quickly. Yes. The second half, though, was a, a non-event. I mean, is that like a moral victory to the Panthers of sorts? I mean, they couldn't get anything done themselves, you know, point-wise. Oh. But they certainly, you know, they they more than stemmed the flow. They completely cut the, cut the forces off, you know, and the Cowboys couldn't do anything either. They still and then, lost 30-0. And it degenerated as a contest, um, you know, and obviously, the, you know, the, the massive avalanche of points that the Cowboys got early on, you know, put them over the line. Yeah, not too much to say about Penrith. I think their attack was unimaginative, unimaginative. Um, and they were outclassed by you know, specifically JT, who wasn't really at 
his peak, but was dominant behind a pretty strong forward pack. Some of the charges Scott and Tamau made, um, and also Bolton on various occasions, just Penrith had no answer. And um, they just couldn't hold him out in that first half. It was very dominant. They put the queue in the rack early and, um, and, and cruised through to the finish line without conceding a point, so it was a good effort. For sure. Twitter, at Matt McLeod. Robert Louis scores for the Cowboys. Is that good or bad? For his misses, I mean. Muggo, eight. I hope Louis broke his fucking ankle so his misses can just walk away from the cunt. You see where these tweets are going. Yeah. At Shunter, 86. 1,300 smiles, but none bigger than everyone with a conscience when Robert Louis went off injured. Hash scumbag, hash cowboys hate women. And I must say, <laughs> I want to give a little bit of credit to the social media person at the Cowboys because I mean, their account is consistently spouting gronkish, gronkish fucking bullshit. Like, just fucking idiotic shit. But, credit where it's due, they don't block you. Because <laughs> let me tell you, every tweet that I said about <laughs> Robert Louis, I made sure I sent it directly to the, West, the to the North Queensland Cowboys as well. And I'm um, still not blocked at this stage. There you go. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give him credit for having a thick skin. Um, where They're are from we? Townsville, mate. Skin's like leather up there. Yeah. Just saying. And what have we got here? Uh, Muggo 8 again. Breaking news, Louis dislocated kneecap. Hope his missus puts a Billy Slater flying special on it as he comes through the door. Hash dog. Jesus. Mup, 20... Mup 23. Looks like the whole, and he tweeted this to at North Queensland Cowboys squad, got on the cruises before the game. They're beating these women senseless. It's Auss- a real theme. Yeah, at Aussie11198. Glad to see all those years of kicking his missus like a soccer ball is finally taking a toll on Louis' knee. Hash fuckhead, hash Dugan's bitch. <laughs> I don't know. Super Grover 8. Penrith take the Grandma Award this round. They tried really hard and she's still proud of them until she sobers up from the gin. At Mr. Bowles. Third time I've seen my team scoreless over 80 minutes in the last two seasons. Abject, disgusting, take your pick. Probably not the last time you'll say that. Exactly. At DJ X Plane. The football gods strike out Louie with injury because the North Queensland Cowboys are too fucking ignorant to do it themselves. And when I say at North Queensland Cow, he tweeted it to their account, which is great. And Shunter, 86. It's a fucking PR disaster. Yeah, what I were just, they thinking? I, and, and, for the, and for guys like Fox Hill, I heard, I heard um, that I didn't listen to the Triple M t- uh, telecast to, to back this up, but I heard that uh, Dan Ganae said that he was going to be uh, not call, not calling his name as, as Robert Louis once during the whole game. He was going to call him Wife Beater or Wife Bash or something like that in the, in the commentary. <laughs> Wow. So um, if someone actually I'm liking it, that guy. I'd like to get uh, him on the show and have a chat with him. Yeah. I think we'd get him like a house on fire. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Shanta86 said, uh, my back is broken and I'm well and truly humbled. Cows and that piece of shit jabroni Louis ruined my weekend. <laughs> Hash, bring on WrestleMania. Next, the South Sydney Rabbitohs 24 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 22 over there at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland. The... Rabideau's points came from tries to Nathan Merritt, Greg Inglis, Bryson Goodwin, George Burgess, Adam Reynolds, perfect from the boot, four conversions from four attempts. New Zealand Warriors, 18 points came from tries to Ben Matulino. Matulino. Garni Lamape, Conrad Hurrell, Peter Godnett, and Sean Johnson, one from four. So goal kicking was most certainly the difference on the day. Now this one, Rabideau's... They won by two, you dickhead. The Rabbitohs... What are you, a math genius? Yeah, something like that. The Rabbitohs, um, you know, they've been rolling along and they're, they're undefeated and, you know, people are, are talking them up a little bit. But they came very fucking close to losing this game. They did. They found a way to win. Close. They had to come from behind, though. Mm-hmm. Um, 
was one point I wanted to make was that they're winning games uh, when other teams are desperate, such as the Warriors. There was a lot of criticism coming their way. Elliot was under a bit of fire, um, and, and South probably knew that the Warriors were going to come out with a, a very um, much improved performance on some of their recent outings. And I, I don't think the Rabbitohs are anywhere near their best, but they're still managing to win games. Yep. Uh, it's a good, good sign for them, and it's probably a credit to the way that they're coached as they can you know, deal with adversity and probably deal when things aren't really clicking for them to, and still find a way to grind out wins like they did in this game. Um, Warriors produced a much better effort, as I said, but ultimately the, con- the losses are continuing to rack up for them, um, which is probably only going to lead to some knee-jerk and, and over-reactionary type uh, decisions from Elliot in the coming weeks, which is probably going to make things worse. Well, That's you my know, humble opinion. Elliot making decisions. That'd be a fucking start, wouldn't it, for him? <laughs> honestly. And, you know, they, yeah, we can talk about how bad their season's been, but, you know, it's no worse than the Tigers or, or the Doggies at this point. Well, the Tigers, you know, given that the talent in the roster and the fact that everyone knows they're going to turn it around and be a force to be reckoned with in the competition, um, <laughs> albeit, you know, there is a, a slight chance at this stage of the season they won't go undefeated. Um, but, you know... The Warriors, what have they got? Grand finalists two seasons ago. Yeah. Zero. I mean, and it's clearly after, you know, that grand final took their soul. You know, they obviously they, they thought they'd have a chance. It was their best chance they'd have with their squad. The squad was actually on the up back then, remember? That's and true. That's about In two as seasons, up. they've gone from hungy to dungy. Yeah, that's about as up as it's going to get, boys. Mm. And, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, as up as it's going to get, we got one tweet for this game. One fucking tweet. That's it's, all it deserved. It wasn't even like we had one good tweet that I had to... Um, was it a fucking Rabbitohs fan? No. Manly it was fan. It Pipe from Bunfuck, Idaho, was it? DJ X-Plane. He's a Manly fan who I met at the uh, Broncos Manly game. And he said, uh, someone needs to tell Sean Johnson you don't get fantasy points for jinking and sidestepping. While you're there, give Benji Marshall that memo. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and perhaps add to it, you know, passing to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> uh, missed goal kicks. Etc. Now, next game. St. George Illawarra Dragons, 19. Upset. The Newcastle Knights, 16. The points. Brent Morris, Jason Nightingale, Tyson Frizzell got tries. Jamie Soward, he got a field goal. He got two or three uh, conversions and he got one penalty goal as well. So, a strange night. And, uh, and the field goal, of course, was a Jamie Soward special. I mean, giving him a 9-0 scoreline going into the halftime break. The Knights, their 16 points came from tries to Fluffy, Darius Boyd, Tamana Tahu, and the Uate Pate. And Gidley was 2 from 3 on the conversions. If we're honest with ourselves, I think we have to say the Knights really should knock teams like the Dragons off fairly easily. Um, they should be better coached. They should have a more talented roster. Um, and they should deal with them without any problems whatsoever, but they managed to be off their game just enough um, for the Dragons to, you know, come out and be fairly gritty um, and make Steve Price say that he was pretty proud of their effort. Um, But I don't think they were that great. They were great for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for them, you know, they were You put their best against, you know, the Knights even being a couple of pegs off their best, they, the Knights still win. As far as I'm concerned. Mm. Oh, yeah, well, you, yeah, you'd think so, yeah. My point is the Knights just can't consistently play to their potential. Um, and it was a trademark of the Dragon sides during the Bennett era. 
that week in, week out, you knew exactly what you were going to get. And sure, it was boring. And sure, it made you want to scoop your eyeballs out with a fucking teaspoon. And feed it to your cat named Ben Cray. But it was effective. And it won them a competition. So they'd do well to fucking listen when you and think get a little back, bit though, more consistent about their performance. With history, you know, the, the, the years that have gone past afterwards, I find it fucking mystifying that they won. <laughs> you know, that they're actually that... that yeah, good. Remember how that fucking like so dominant, like you know, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I now looking back, I was like, I can't fucking believe it. Their decline's been so rapid and so and, and so so deep that it's just. Yeah. It's about to continue. Yeah. Um, is is does Jamie see how get bonuses for field goals? He must. What the? Well, either that or he's just you know putting the house on supercoat or just putting the house on, you know, getting a field goal down at TAB. He'll be paying a dollar, dollar and one at this stage. I don't know if he's. I, I, the, the reasoning behind kicking some of them it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Not that I expect Jamie Sow to make a lot of sense in his decisions because he's a frail, mentally frail individual. Um, or do you think it's just like you know, there's you know, there's nothing doing as far as you know attack at the moment. I'm open. I can bang it over. Might give the team a bit of a lift mentally. They've gone into the halftime break, you know, bang. Take the one. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, Benji, Benji it does it too. Not as much, but I mean, Benji's, Benji's known for it as well. He'll do the halftime one-pointer. The halftime one? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. You can have your halftime ones. All right. So you Jamie Sowell just kicked other opportunities. Yeah, there you can Cause, be. Cause Benji Marshall and Jamie Sowell have fucking got a good mind to walk out. Yeah, okay, Benji Marshall's having a sensational year. I'll fucking lie to you. Drive Bills injury gives the Dragons one less attacking option that they could ill afford to lose. Um, obviously, it's going to call for a reshuffle in their back line. Nightingale you goes think to Nightingale fullback. Nightingale goes to fullback until and, such time as Dugan is purchased and started. Exactly. And you may yeah, you laugh. That's good. That's that'll be sooner rather well, than later. Especially, I think Dugan like I think the whole balance does give of power. them added you know added motivation to do something about the deal. Well, uh, yeah, and I think, yeah, exactly. I think you know now it puts the it puts the balance of power into his hands, mm. where, where previously Saint George were pretty much his only option in Australia, and but they had all the power because they didn't have to go along with it. But now, sure. they kind of got themselves in a situation where it kind of needs to happen. Okay, you got anything else to say about the game itself? No, sir. Okay, Mister Underscore Wars. I'd go as far as saying that I'd rather watch my father put foreign objects in my mother than watch any more of the Dragons versus Newcastle game. You can, I don't think we should read out another fucking tweet. That, That is magnificent. <laughs> Make me a sandwich. Seriously, does Soward have any other talent besides kicking field goals? He must take advantage of his only usefulness, if that. At Devonhead, Soward the fullback might be just the revelation of the season. Settle oh, fuck down, Trotters. At Aussie11198. Don't tweet us if that's the bullshit you're going to come up with. Yeah, we don't... This is not a show about biased fucking one-eyed shit about your teammate. Fucking come on. This is about rugby league, motherfucker. As if, unless he means Jamie Sowell's moving full back as in like a long way back to the point where he can't go any further and he's sitting in the fucking stands with their gronkish fan base. Not to fucking, you know, categorise, but... He's in the fucking ocean. Some cockhead fans. Yeah. Aussie 11198. It's now Steve Price 3, Wayne Bennett 0. Wayne will forever be known as Steve Price's bitch. And I think that is super super interesting considering how badly Steve Price has gone. It's probably the only three games he's ever fucking won as coach. (laughs) 
and they all have to be over Bennett. He's got Wayne Bennett's number. And he's got a hash Wayne in decline. Hash Darius is a bitch. So the Dragon fans, gee, they like to sing when they're winning. At Mr. Bowles, Wayne Bennett sucks the life and enjoyment out of rugby league. Hash soulless cunt. Hash. <laughs> <laughs> A Penrith fan just launched out, fucking just launched out of uh, off camera. We didn't even see him coming in, and exactly. bam! Uh, and finally, at DJ X Plane, injury to Louis' pregnant wife kicking knee, then to Beale's lockier face breaking knee. <laughs> Calm as a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Moving right along, Sunday night football. The Canberra Raiders twenty four defeated the Sydney Roosters twenty two. Incredible, sixteen nil low down at halftime uh, to the Roosters, and the points went as follows: tries to Edric Lee, Jared Croker, Sam Williams, Shandor Earl. Conversions four from four from Jared Croker, including the go ahead kick. And Jared they was, they Croker were setting it up. kicked the winning goal. They were setting it up like you know a replay of the Tigers game where he's going to yeah. choke and all that sort of thing. Uh, the Roosters they're twenty two. Start crying. He's always Before got tears. He he's always got tears in his he eyes. He always look like a whiny little sap. He always has tears in his eyes. I don't know. It's. It's. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's like light sensitive. I, I don't know. But he's, maybe he's just a, a little bitch. I don't know. Too many cones at half time. James Maloney, Michael Oldfield, Mitch Orbison, Anthony Minicello got the tries. Uh, conversions. Three or four from James Maloney. Some Sunny Bill Magic almost had the Roosters home. Um... They ran out to a good lead, but unfortunately, not really sure what, you know, what the instigator was to them, you know, allowing the Raiders back into the game initially and then just getting ran over the top of. I think it was the halftime break. Yeah, maybe it did. Sometimes you see teams where halftime sucks out the momentum and, and the opposing team, you know, despite having given up a, you know, a generous lead, often comes back and, you know, I mean, the Tigers have done it plenty of times. They've made a real habit out of it. It's like their trademark. Um, still shocked that Jared Croker kicked a winning goal, um, as we mentioned. But much like the Knights, this was a game that the Roosters really should have eaten up as well. And they've let a chance go by to um, really build on the momentum that they themselves were building this, um, this season. And, and it's back to the drawing board for them. Yep, agree. And um, I mean, the Roosters, they were almost racing the clock, I think, at the start there. That 16-0 lead, yep. I mean, I think they amassed that, you know, in the first quarter of an hour or so of the actual game. So, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's so over the course of the rest of the game. I think Canberra, did they complete all their sets in the second half? I think that they was, were pretty, it was pretty much near-perfect performance, if not perfect performance, at the end of the game in the second half. So, Mr. Bowles, this is the first couple of tweets I put here as basically just, you know, to laugh at the people that tweeted them. At Mr. Bowles. Canberra fans may as well cut the crap and go with hash sack Canberra. Your club is atrocious. Wow. That was before the comeback. At Freak09, Steve said, uh, are Canberra the only team in the NRL who are as shit on the field as they are on paper? And he was sending, he was trying to troll Troy's underscore 79 with that one. <laughs> then uh, then we've got uh, QLD underscore Cockroach, who I think is a new, it may, I think is a new handle on an old tweeter. He said, uh, a classic quote from Icon: The Raiders have 13 of 24 completions. That's how you win games. Jesus. Hash, get that fucker off my screen. And to his credit, at Fox NRL. So well, well done, done, son. I love the guys that are going to man up and tweet straight to the people. Like, I think I sent I think I sent Robert Louis a tweet actually before that Cowboys game. And said, um, just remember, mate, it's only a game. If you lose, don't go home and kick shit out of your wife, right? <laughs> wow. 
And uh, big ups to Cam Savage for giving me his Twitter account. GT351 underscore Johns. Congrats to the Raiders beating that team that shall not be named. Sucked in Cox and SBW, waiting to see what injury SBW fakes. And he was doing the Canterbury thing of, you know, dollar sign SBW. Yeah, yeah. Mike underscore existence. So here I was thinking of a comedic tweet to soften the blow of another loss, and then bam, comeback. Hash the dirt is gone. And uh, Troy underscore 79. What a second half by the Raiders. The game turned when McCrone went to hooker, and now he has to stay there. And that's interesting, because he may have to stay there, because... uh, Buttress is injured, so that's fine. Yep. Um, he and Katz coming back, so he, he doesn't really to make he, way. Yeah, he has to make way for Katz anyway. So it may be, it may be the future, and like the, they actually went well. So, you know, why not stick with it? See if it, you know, works for another week. I mean, well, I mean, at the end of the day, it gives him another creative option. Yeah. Albeit it is Josh McCrone, but. Yeah, exactly. And uh, my favourite tweet from this game, and possibly of the week, at Campo thirty seven. The wonderful moment when the Raiders OMG all over SBW's face, neck, and chest, and then don't call him in the morning. <laughs> that 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 took, that took you into some sexy places. Then you know, I saw you shut your eyes. <laughs> it was from blood loss, quite it's... frankly. <laughs> Melbourne twenty six defeated the West Tigers twelve down there in Melbourne, and. Um, Strange old game, this. Uh, Melbourne, their 26 points came from tries to Vave, Mahe Fanua, Cooper, Kronk, Sisawaira. Conversions, 4-4 four four from Cam Smith and a penalty goal to Widdop uh, after they took Cam Smith off towards the end of the game. West Tigers, 12 points came from tries to Hot Sauce and Benji. Anasta was one from two on the conversions. Goal-kicking genius. And he got a penalty. Courageous performance from a side still finding its feet this season. Um... <laughs> Tigers stuck with the storm um, and if not for you know some pretty ordinary refereeing decisions probably would have got over the top of the premiers um, and dominated them like I knew they would um, unfortunately things didn't quite go the way that I'd planned um, and, and didn't go the Tigers way how can you fucking sit there and say that, say that shit with a straight face <laughs> so I believe every word of it my friend undefeated um, asterisk indeed <laughs> I think uh, the Robbie the Robbie Farrow penalty on Slater it, it was probably a turning point of the game. I think Robbie dropped his lip a little bit there, and and the leadership qualities that the side looks to him for were, weren't there, and and they sort of hung their heads, and the storm were away from them before they knew what was happening. Um, you know, Tedesco looks the goods. I noticed a few people tweeting about his uh, his moniker that we've given him too of Hot Sauce because it rhymes with Tabasco. I mean, it's a bit of it's a long bow to draw, but we do that here. Oh, Tedesco, um, Tabasco. I mean, it's not that fucking long. I mean, yeah, like, it's Some it's people. not the most obscure, <laughs> the most obscure nickname we've ever given a player. No, we've got no, nicknames, it is. We, we've got nicknames for players that have zero fucking connection to them whatsoever. Namely, the, the number one nickname, the Ottoman. Yeah, that is essentially true. has fucking nothing to do. But it is with the most Joe magnificent Romo. nickname ever yeah. doled out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really think Robbie needed to show better leadership for a side. Um, you know, begging, begging to be shoved over the hump and, and, you know, ready to dominate the NRL like I know they can. Um, Storm probably lucky to get away with it in the end. A uh, couple of tries um, off the back of some dubious penalties and, you know, Tigers will uh, pick themselves up, dust themselves off and uh, I'm not sure who they got this week but they'll be cannon fodder for sure. And people talk about the discipline of the West Tigers but I think it was an ax- it was a calculated manoeuvre 
to purposely slow down and push the referee's patience, and they got away with it for like perfect six, coaching from Potter. They got away with it for like sixty. Man's a genius. Well, they got away with it for sixty minutes. The problem is they were just so entrenched into into doing what they were doing that when the referee started handing out the final warnings and then penalising them, they still didn't learn, and so they got smashed by penalties at the late, you know, later half of the game, later stages of the game, last twenty minutes, say. And, you know, the Storm allowed the Storm to run away with a 13-plus um, win, which is fantastic for people who have multis on the games at Storm 13-plus. So, we'll go to the tweets. Jeremy underscore Jack 01. Gaznier and Shervo are saying the matchup of the game is Slater versus Maltzen. Has Slater got a broken leg or something? <laughs> Berkeley underscore Eagle. West Tigers, hash, discipline in decline, hash, attack in decline, hash, defense in decline, hash, Tigers in decline. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> yeah, like last year. Tigers have got to stick solid. At Gotta Love Keefe. A lot of balls shown by the boys tonight. Slowed them down, but faded after 60. I haven't lost faith, but T. Blair is letting us down. You want to talk about T. Red? T. Blair has got to be the worst fucking laziest... <laughs> He's just misunderstood. Um, you know, no, anyone, no, I'm not saying about the player himself. I'm talking about Adam Blair to T Rex. He clearly knows nothing about rugby league. That's all I'm saying. Anyone who's declaring Adam Blair to T Rex, fucking spot on. Keep it up because <laughs> it's so true. Tiger underscore Benji. Tigers did rugby league a favour tonight. A win meant Souths outright first, and no one wants to see that. Amen, brother. That is very true. At Rob Moore V1. How similar are the two Tigers? Both Wests and Castleford, two teams reliant on their hookers with a similar 5-8, both hash Tigers in decline. Don't even tweet us again. <laughs> and uh, the Chapo, the final word, and I, and, I, and I love it too. Molson has no place at fullback or on the rugby league. <laughs> hash, hot sauce to fullback, which I think you, you've been, you know, you thought that would happen at the start of the year. What's his rifle position? Um... I think he offers more in attack than Molson by way of his speed. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if, if Jacob Miller's not going to get a consistent run at halfback, I'm not, and especially with Benji's injury, I'm not adverse to Molson playing a bit of half. If yeah. he must be in this fucking side, like people seem determined to have him there. And Hot Sauce is definitely uh, not a winger after the way that uh, the, the Wolfman molested him two it's weeks ago. Got a beautiful try, like good wingers do. Not against Manly, he didn't. Let two in, though. So he's, he's clawing back the four and against on his career. Previews. We kick off with a grudge match for Friday night football. The Sydney Roosters take on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs at Allianz Stadium, so it's going to be a Roosters home game, but we know how Roosters fans go, I mean, home game, home game. So, this one, it's the one we've been waiting for. Sonny Bill Williams after five long years. Time for him to OMG all over the doggies, and, you know, it couldn't, have, it could, this game couldn't come at a worse time for the doggies, I think. They're already down, you know, they're at their lowest point this season. They've just been smashed by, you know, the greatest side ever to lace up boots. The Roosters are going to be up for this game. Big time. Sunny Bill's going to be up for this game. It's not on Doggy's territory, you know, so I imagine they're going to feel real comfortable going into the game knowing that, you know, you know uh, flares and knives and stuff like that aren't going to be, you know, brandished. Um, you know, they'll, they'll feel comfortable walking out of the stadium after the game with a win. They won't tank it just to leave with their lives. And it, it's hard to think that the Bulldogs are going to be as up for the game as the Roosters. The Roosters are probably going to feed off Sunny Bill 
his adrenaline and 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 they feed off the Bulldogs fans like the hate coming from the Bulldogs fans. That's true, but really, how many of the Bulldogs? Zero. Yeah, zero. Not a single one played in Sunny Bill era. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the players themselves, they not gonna. Yeah, that's. They give a fuck. They've been talking it down through the week, saying, you know, fans, say just fucking, just, just fucking relax, guys, sell fuck down. Yeah. We're not gonna, you know. I don't want the Roosters to unleash the beast. Yeah, same. I want the Roosters to smash them. Fifty nil would be amazing. I think the Roosters will get there purely that they've got the the greater motivation factor. Yeah, I mean the doggies as a club have a powerful motivation, but as you said, you know, none of the players play with him. Uh, you know, and the doggies, you know, they've got their problems with injuries and stuff like that. They've got the problems, with, you know, internal unity. Uh, you know, they've got problem, problems with keeping their hands off each other's wives. So, you know, on paper, they're still, they're still good. You know, Ben Barber, I mean, I'd like to say he's improving, but I mean, you wouldn't have even known he played last week. So, um, you know, he, he can be contained and obviously... Brown, you know, I mean, yeah. luminary. Yeah, and, and once again, I mean, I said it during and after the grand final last year. I've, I've probably said it a thousand times. I'll say it again. You ain't going to win shit with Chris Keating as your halfback. I mean, you imagine how good they'd be. I fucking said that in the first podcast imagine, of last season. Imagine how good they'd be at the later end of the season, at the latter end of last season, when they were on a roll, if they had a proper halfback. Exactly. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, and, and Another man is always pointing in two different directions. What the fuck is that? Yeah, Rangers. So, well, I guess Luke Patton's not a ringer, though. He's just, you know, maybe he's half. Um, so, yeah, I think the Roosters got this one. Uh, hopefully, it is a really emotional game, because I like to see, you know, like a hard contest with, you know, two teams that are right up for it. And, you know, this, these two guys have got as good a reason as any to fucking hook in, you know, and get a bit of spite in there, you know. Exactly. A bit of extra action in tackles. I think the fans care more than anyone else, probably including Sonny Bill. Okay, also on Friday night, we have the Brisbane Broncos versus the North of Queensland Cowboys. So it is the uh, Queensland Derby, two weeks in a row. Now this one. Be a big crowd out there at Suncorp. Cowboys, uh, are you going to it? Yeah. Cowboys coming off a big win. Broncos coming off a big win. Cowboys have been a very hyped side, but haven't probably performed as well as they would expect it in the first uh, five weeks of the competition. I'm going to have to say that I think at home, I think the Broncos might get over the top of the Cowboys. I think Cowboys were good against some pretty ordinary opposition last week, but uh, the Broncos will be buoyed by their win against the Titans and, and looking forward to getting back home in front of a big crowd and um, and showing the Cowboys who big brother is. It's a couple of things in the Cowboys' favour. They don't have Louis. Morgan's just signed a, a new contract, so he'll be up for it. Um, Thurston's always up for the, always up for the derbies. And an important fact is that uh, you look at the Cowboys bench and there's a very important name there, as in A. Sims, number 18, mm. not on the field. And I think if Ashton Sims doesn't get on the field, the Cowboys have a very good chance of winning this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, the, Cow- the Cowboys, they've, they've, you know, their big boys are back and playing well. I uh, saw an article with uh, with James Tamau through the week saying that he thinks that you know his his down form earlier in the season is going to be you know putting into his uh, you know Origin or you know Australian selections sure. and so you know he's got a lot to play for and especially um, you know when you're talking about Origin calculations he's and stuff like to that come good last last week but yeah but I mean and when it comes to like Origin calculations games against the Broncos and games against the Storm are games that, you know, put you in, in good stead for, you know, selection because they're kind of like, you know, Queenslandish sides. They have, you know, large nucleuses of the Queensland side. Exactly. So if he's going to do it, he's got to do it this week. And if he does, you know, it'll, it'll put him on the way, you know, a long way towards uh, winning the game. I mean, I think they're a better side, 
but they just haven't been travelling that well. And yeah, the form line, you know, 39 over Penrith, you know, who hasn't? Who wouldn't? Even yeah, Tigers have done that. Come yeah, on. Yeah, Manly. Nothing, don't know, nothing to go by. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I'm, I'm, jury's out on the... On the uh, on the the result for me at the moment. Uh, when I sit down and do my tips, I'll, I'll probably this that's the game I'll probably go back and forward on a little bit. I think. Okay, next on Saturday, five thirty p.m. game: Newcastle Knights taking on the Penrith Panthers at home. Newcastle not too bad at home actually, Hunter this year. Sure. Um, Penrith They've Panthers. Had some good, good performances there. Well, can the Pan, can the Panthers you know bounce back due to you know that just that that vicious bounce back factor you get when you criticise so much. Um, the the problem is, and this is something that I haven't really observed myself, but I observe teamless days, and I observe the reactions of the the people on Twitter that follow Penrith that I follow, sure. and universally it's exasperation like why the fuck did you pick that team again? You know you're not changing anything. How's anything going to improve? You're not changing anything. So on and so on. Dean Fari, not not a fullback. Filled in admirably, admirably at Manly for when Brett Stewart was injured, but uh, guess what? It's not Manly anymore, son. Yeah. Nightmare. I, just, I don't think that the Panthers get the same impact through the forwards that Manly would have got, which he probably took advantage of from fullback during his time where he was filling in there. Um, they've got Nigel Plum at prop. I, yeah. I don't really agree with that. He's very, very much a back rower at best. And Tim Grant. Size. Great defender, but he's not offering much as far as... Uh, uh, meters from prop. Tim Grant, Origin player. Yeah. You know, had a, a blockbusting year last year. Really put himself on the map, and now he's pretty much one bad game from getting fucked off the resis. Exactly, and it's one thing I'll give Cleary. He's not afraid to drop players. Um, one player for Penrith I am impressed with is Adam Docker. Yep. Kid can hit. Yep. And he can. He's strong charges. Yep. Not afraid to get dirty in defence. Uh, he's very impressive in the games that I've watched um, him play for Penrith this, so far this season. I'm always, I'm always impressed. I can't go past the Knights, really. Knights are going to win this easily. But also, I just wanted to mention, like, Mansour, he's been going, he's been always playing a lone hand Yeah. in these Penrith games. From the wing, which is saying something. Why, why, I don't understand why he's on the wing. I mean, why wouldn't you put him at fullback and get the ball in his hands a bit, yeah. you know, a bit more? I don't understand the decision because Dean Farrow, he's shown positionally he he's not great. Yeah, he's shown positionally he can't, he's not really up to fullback, you know, and maybe does that mean that the side's not that great and, you know, he, he's not getting the support on, you know, on kick returns and on, you know, yeah. you know, diffusing bombs and that sort of thing. And Blake Austin, I think he, he performed admirably last week, but I still think Luke Walsh's kicking game is, is a an asset to the Panthers that they could really do with and he's massively out of favour but he did have a really really shit game though that you know did, to deserve yeah. being dropped okay next move along to Saturday 7.30pm down there at the Bruce Stadium the Canberra Raiders taking on the New Zealand Warriors Canberra the return of Cat's Hair Warriors playing away from home Warriors do have uh, you know, guys like Rapira Russell Packer you know, Lilliman and Madalino all playing I think this is the first game of the season where all four of those guys are inside. Okay. So all the big guys. So, you know, will that give them more go forward? Will that make life easier for um for Sean Johnson and Little Y? I guess we'll find out. But, yeah. you know, given their form well, at the I moment. I think the Raiders at home. Uh, See, I I'm really loath. Yeah, I'm loath to tip the Raiders because they've been, you know, fucking nightmarishly terrible for a lot of this season as well. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm going to get the Raiders uh, purely for the Campo factor. Yep. And because he promised... That he would be 100% uh, five, in five minutes, minutes in. Yeah. Okay, next we have another 7.30pm Saturday night game. South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Melbourne Storm 
at Sydney Olympic Park. And this one is the top of the table clash. Two undefeated sides. Uh, and, two you know, teams enter, one team leaves. Yeah, and despite the fact that they're both undefeated, you know, it's it's hard when you look through their form lines because the Rabbitohs have, you know, they made, they had reasonably tough work against the Dogs for most of that game and only be getting away with it at the end. The Storm, you know, terrible second half. Pushed all the, the way by the Tigers. Um, you know, it, a courageous Tigers performance. Yeah. Uh, pushed, pushed the Storm to the very brink of defeat. Uh, they were good enough to get over them, but I don't think they'll be good enough to get over the Rabbitohs, and I think the Rabbitohs will make a real statement, um, and there'll be a little bit of a changing of the guard, I think, in this game. I think the Rabbitohs are going to show everyone just how good they are. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, this is a game that Storm will be what motivated for. You disagree this is a team that, uh, well, I mean, I don't disagree with you, you know, much except on the prospects of the West Tigers, and you and you, and your opinions of, uh, you know, Manly, you know, great side to lace up boots, as we've established. Um you know, rabbits. The, the rabbits have have lapses in them. Uh, I think you know it's going to be a, a tough battle early on in the piece. You know, tough battle for the first half. But I think you know the experience of the storm. I think mean, defence of the storm. If they've had lapses over the last couple of weeks, and let's face it, they were you know pushed around and you know frustrated by the tigers on Monday night, and they still only gave up Man twelve handled, points. Some would say bullied. Yeah, and they only gave up, and, they, by and the they tigers. still won thirteen plus. So and and you know so I think I think that the the storm will win. I think the storm have got the uh, defense to defuse anything the rabbits. Well, you know, not anything, but you know enough of what the rabbits are at them. And also, I'm still not a believer of the rabbits. No, you never Probably, will be because it, you're be, such a repugnant fool. Well, they they're just not as they they're not 100 percent impressive. All you know, all the time they've they've scraped out some luck like last week. On a lucky, a lucky win against the Warriors, who are one of the shittiest teams in the comp this year, you know. So their form lines aren't like they're fucking pristine, and you know as well. So I think the Storm, just because you know the experience, the Storm been there, etc., etc. Yeah. Amen. And speaking of Amen, Manly Warringah Seagulls, the mighty Manly Seagulls, taking on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks at Fortress Brookvale Oval, a two p.m. on Sunday afternoon. Beautiful time for a game, and this one will be for um. What's Steve Rogers they play for, isn't it? The cup uh, between these two sides. And uh, yeah. Silverware on offer. Apparently, Cronulla can't win. Um, and even if there was no silverware on offer, I think Manly would still get away with it. I think it would be too good for the Sharks. Cronulla couldn't win this game if there was full immunity from peptide prosecutions on offer for everyone that's ever worn, that, worn the Sharkies jersey. Uh, Manly decided very stable this year at the moment and you look at the bench and you look at the the, you know, the run on side and you think you know fucking magnificent specimens amazing football side almost unbeatable but wait where does where does who makes way for Glenn Stewart well you'd assume it I mean he has to come in at the expense of Simons but then who makes way on the he bench he hasn't been named on the bench no no not this game but I mean oh, like, okay. you know, I think in maybe two weeks it would be fucking horror off surely all that <sighs> yeah T red or tread, which is probably I mean, fitting because he's going to get run over the top of. I mean, by positionally, Gallon. positionally, you'd say it'd be um, it'd be Simon. You know, do they swap with Horro? Tough decisions. I mean, it's great, great problem for uh, Tuvi to have. Uh, you know, embarrassment of riches in the side this year. Incredible athletes and amazing players. Sharks mainly by five. By five. How do you get five? Because Jamie Lionel missed a goal. I'll yeah, leave okay. by a field goal and then at the end of the game they'll run in some bullshit try which is probably obstruction but the ref will give it because Manly are a protected fucking species by the referees. How can you say that shit with a straight fucking face, man? Come on. 
Mainly the least protected so side. Trying to. Fuck me, drunk. All right. So uh, yeah, Gallon sensational. The uh, Wade Graham, pretty good. Luke Lewis. Oh, for repi- fuck's sake, are we going to go through every player comparison? No, no, not every player comparison. You think Manly's going to win? Oh, I think Manly's going to win. Let's go. 13 plus and probably to nil. Okay, next game. What do we got here? West Tigers taking on St. George Illawarra Dragons. This one is going to be the Tom Waterhouse game. 50 nil. To the Dragons. Matt Chechen and Luke Are Field. you fucking seriously going to tip the Dragons over the Tigers? Fucking oath. You're a disgrace. Let me count the ways. One. Tim Moulton in the side. Two. Tedesco on the wing. Three. Benji Marshall out. Well, that's what they're saying. He's been named in the side. Yeah, but he was named in the side yesterday and he was named to be, as being out for a couple of weeks today. Remember, we were recording the show a day later than usual, so it's not like the team list has just come out. Um, so, yeah, I'd, honestly... I was so immersed in my team list, I forgot it was Wednesday. How dare I? Adam Blair in the side. Where he belongs, to take up his rifle position along the uh, on the mantelpiece alongside the greats of, of the Bowmain Tigers and West Suburb, Western Suburbs Magpies. I mean, they're starting guys to like wanna, both. They're starting... To they're Joy starting Mitchell. guys like Bodine Thompson in the side. They have to start Jack Buchanan in the side because their forwards have been so mangled. Jack Buchanan's been a revelation. For he's the, he's the been West he's been good and he's been good for my yeah, fantasy Bodine side Thompson's as well. He's not playing. He's out injured. Uh, suspended. Yeah, suspended. So okay. So who comes in there then? Ah, uh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, Benny Murdoch. And who comes onto the bench? Um, probably. Oh no, he's already there. Not sure. They can't even feel a fucking full complement of 17. They're going to lose this game. Brianna Dragons. 16 plays to get over the top of the Dragons. This is uh, Heritage Round. This game's being played at the SCG, and the Tigers will run out in a, uh, a Magpies Heritage Strip, which I'll uh, be looking forward to purchasing one of later in the year. Have you seen the strip? Yes. What's it look like? Is it, is it like a V strip, or is it... I haven't seen it. It's like a V, but it's got some hoopy-looking things on it as well. Looks magnificent. Dragons, no answer. Sounds like a mangy mismatch. Tigers hybrid. by thirty. Yeah, the Tigers. Next. The Tigers only score thirty points, and you know the Dragons are on a roll. They'll probably win this one, and probably comfortably. Next, six thirty Sunday night football. Which once again, I'm loving Sunday night football. Gold Coast Titans taking on the Parramatta Eels at Skilled Park, Rabina. This one is a replay of the infamous Spoonapalooza from two seasons ago that we had a, a tremendous time, a tremendous time out with uh, you know members of the uh, Twill Nation family. Okay, Titans, big setback, big setback, a heavy loss, twenty point defeat at home. Uh, you know, blew away that illusion that they had that their home home games meant something to them. Um, they had a big crowd. Was it mostly Broncos fans? Will they be able to get a similar crowd back? So many questions. The Eels had a tough win. A tough win. But can they, uh, you know, stand up? I guess the Titans, their defence is, is still, you know... I think well. the Titans were okay. They just got blown away by the Broncos in the second half. Um, Albert Kelly be... may not play. And I think if that happens, I'm tipping the Eels. Yeah, it, it, that's very similar to my own view on this game. I think if, if Kelly does play, then the Titans will win. But if he doesn't... and this is an indication of how important a young, um, the young halfback is to the Titans, given his influence so far this season. I think if he doesn't play, then he probably swings the, the pendulum back into the favour of the Eels, um, and they'll run away with it. So, interesting to see if Kelly actually plays. Um, if he does, I'll stick with the Titans. If not, I'll have to change to the Eels. And uh, just and 
just like Mark Minicello is in the squad as well. So there's another liability. Um, Steve Michaels on the starting side, number three, liability. And uh, and like Albert Kelly, um, he, if he was out, he'd be a big loss. But not just you know, not for the sake of Albert Kelly, but because it would be in conjunction with Caesar being out as well. Exactly. You take both those out, and you know you get what you got last week, I think. So I kind of, I guess we'll sort of see how injuries go leading up to the game. But if Kelly's out, I'd be you know reluctant to tip the Titans. Sure. That is full time for episode 115. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, as you all know, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. And so make sure you hit the like button and you know, share our posts around and all that sort of stuff. Spread the word. It's all good. iTunes, no new reviews this week, so hang your heads in shame. Tipping. How dare you? Yeah. Tipping wasn't a great week um, for most people. There was a lot of threes and a lot of fours and a lot of fives. I got four. The real Jedi, though, he got seven. Jesus. Unbelievable. I'd say it's probably the East versus Canberra game that knocked him over, but fucking, there's a few gambles that, you know, came off for him that week. But he's uh, now on 30 point, 34 points in number one position, four points clear Jesus. of second place, which is a fucking significant... Someone rigged the comp so he loses. I can't uh, have him winning. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so then we've got Michael Darren, 79, uh, Devon Head, Boxcar Jason, Williams, 277, Lanier, Desi's Ducks, Voodoo Rock, Shell Getters, all on 30 points. Um, so that's the first place is in 34, second through 10 are on 30, and uh, on one point back, sorry, two points back. How am I looking? Uh, 84. You are in 111th position, 16 points off the top of the table, and uh, you are 12 points off the top 10. But you're only fourth last. M-Dog, he's on the same as you, but he's in thir- he's in third last. Uh, someone by the name of Hugh is second last, and M fifty one avoider David Lawson is dead stone cold motherless last. That sucks. And just shout out to Dave Mack, one hundred and fourth. Wow. Yep. Okay, fantasy. Uh, the group, the big uh, giant group comp we've got. Um, Dane Laurie for PM once again maintains first position. That is a magnificent name. It is. It is. And we've got Tooves Super Dudes in second. Schultz Dentistry in third, Burke's Eagles, uh, Mighty Bulldogs, and that wraps out the uh, the top five. So uh, I am fifteenth, and that I am three hundred about three hundred points behind first. So that's not too bad, really. In Supercoach, you can make that up in a week. But um, yeah, get in there now. Um, and of course, you've got you've got Berkeley Eagle, you've got John there cheating his ass off with his teams, Burke's Burke's Eagles and Sea Eagles Assassins. So he's got two in the top. 15. Filthy cheats. Exactly. Melbourne Storm of Supercoach. Yeah, and now I guess the head-to-heads, we won't go too much into the head-to-heads at this early stage because uh, the teams haven't had a chance to settle into their, their positions yet. I mean, we've got a lot of undefeated teams. Um, in fact, in the first This Week in League competition, the first the top seven are all 2-0. and So that means it's pretty much most teams losing all their games and the other half of the teams winning. Half, and then you've got some guys in the middle. So I'm... Uh, what do I... I'm, I think I'm second or third in every competition. Um, and yeah, shout out to uh, what Millsy's Mongrel, Seagull Assassins, the Hitmen. That's Cage's team. All leading at the moment. But at the moment, it's only for and against because everyone's kind of got the same amount of wins. So, you know, we'll see how that progresses. 
shop. We still have some stock of the Revelation shirt hats. That'll be cool. So hit up this week in league.com forward slash shop because as we've said since the start of the season, it's clearance mode. Uh, limited stock of the Revelation shirts are left and we want to get rid of them. So we're getting them out there at half price. So if you also, if you spend over... $50 will throw in a stubby cooler for free. Um, so you can do like, you know, rally towers, tigers in decline, stuff like that. And actually, um, we're talking off air about the, um, that brand Americana MMA. What they do is actually very clever. They'll design the shirt and say, here's the next shirt costs $22, but it's, you know, it's pre-order. And yep. I reckon they wait until they just get enough orders. And that's when they put them into production. So we may as well, yeah. we might just do some designs and just, you know, do the pre-order thing. And uh, hopefully, you know, people will get on to the point that... I reckon we'll be actioning some new shirts next week. Wow. That's my prediction. Awesome. Okay. Now, finally, before we go, we had the competition, the the Game of Thrones, you know, sigil competition where people could go to the uh, Join the Realm site provided by HBO and make some rugby league themed ones. We had a gigantic response, you know, over probably 60 by the time. We're still getting them in through, you know, time to time as well. It's fantastic. Uh, we had a top nine that we put up for vote on Facebook and Twitter where you had to favorite it on Twitter and you had to uh, like it on Facebook if you wanted to win. And we have a winner. Shall we? Who is that winner, Nathan? Should we do the drum roll thing and like go from least votes to the, to the most votes? Or no, should we just give, just the give me the winner? The winner that ultimately ended up winning by approximately six votes. There was It was neck and neck for the top two. And the winner with six votes more than second place was House Soured, created by at Make Me A Sandwich. That was pretty good. So Make Me A Sandwich, you have won yourself a snapback free of charge from courtesy of Southeast Snackbacks. And we need to actually sort out some stuff for ourselves too because he... I mean, you can get an NRL one, or get on the get on the Facebook page and have a look at the stock coming in because um, he's got he's got like you know all sorts of shit, like uh, NBA stuff, you know, design yeah, designer good like, NBA hats, designer label stuff. Um, there's so much cool looking shit. I mean, and, and you can pretty much get what you you want as well. So, uh, you basically need to decide. Tell us what you want, and we'll uh arrange it with Joel and uh and also. Make me a sandwich. Email us. Get on the website. I think it's uh, the email address is hello at thisweekinleague.com. Send us an email or send us a private message on Twitter with your address. We'll pass those along to Joel at Southeast Snapbacks and uh, we'll sort out your prize. And um, congratulations. Guess, yeah, and guess uh, tell us yeah tell us which team you know you want the hat to be of and you know that kind of thing as well. So yeah, congratulations. Uh, thanks very much. I mean you've sent in a number of a number of uh, entries as well. I mean before we even called it a competition, that's the best thing about it. I think because it wasn't just even, jumped on it, it identified yeah. Game of Thrones love and fired them through. Yeah, and well, it, it wasn't a competition until we saw how much love we got to. So everyone who submitted them, you know, thanks very much for doing it. Um, it was it was a lot of fun over that weekend and you know the the week or so you know since then. So uh, thanks very much, and you know hopefully we can find some some other shit like that to do in the future because it was a real spontaneous thing. It was uh, a great fun, and uh, yeah, congratulations, Samage. Um, you've been a great tweeter. And you know you did a great job on those uh, on those uh, Game of Thrones things as well. So well deserved victory. And that when you is get your hat, make sure you send a photo of it uh, to the This Week in League account. Exactly. And that's all we got time for this week. See you next week. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.